cracking, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to episode 116 of the Good Kraken Podcast. I am your voluptuous host, yeah, one Garrick Eakin, yeah, aka Vermilion Beard, and I am joined this evening by one Ernell Pearson, aka Ocean Shark. Let's fucking go, baby. Anyways, <laughs> yes. Well, uh, same thank you. Um <clears throat> yeah, would you all have kept talking for hours on mute? Uh honestly, it would have it would have it would have taken me a little bit to catch it if you didn't mention anything, Satan. So you are uh you are a godsend. You you are a gift to us. Uh see, uh anyway, what I was saying is that I'm I'm going raw water now instead of Mia water, which is my usual go-to. Like I, I usually get the uh the like strawberry Mio and I just a little bit in that that water bottle of mine, and then I'm sip, sipping on that for the rest of the evening. But uh, I'm 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 currently in a I'm just days away from completely cutting sm- cigarettes, my vape, anything that has to do with my oral fixation. I'm cutting it out of my life because I'm, I'm I've been working my way towards quitting smoking officially, right? And I right. I, I I some time ago started taking up Nicorette. Surreal says hydrate. Oh shit. Mm. Damn, I've already been like drinking because I got that cough. Surreal, hi. We love you. We missed you. Welcome back. We miss you. Thank God your internet's fixed. Uh, <laughs> take a water and so there you go, Surreal. Yes, exactly. My uh, so I've, I've been doing Nicorette for some uh, for some for some time now to kind of like work my way into it. And now I'm at a point where I'm almost through my first box, um, and then let's get through my first box. It's no more cigarettes or anything at all. So I'm just gonna be knocking the oral fixation out. It's it's done. Like the only thing I'll have is my gum to rely on for the rest of the day. Uh, and so, with that said, I may or may not be a little cranky every here and there. But you know what? Like <laughs> we're doing it. We're It'd doing be it. like that, dog. Cranky, uh, cranky or nose is much preferred over like lung cancer or no, though. So I'm down with hey, that. That's, you know <laughs> that's fair. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> See, my my game plan was uh was some time ago, like going into you know this new year and stuff like that. Uh, my game plan was, hey, like I'd like to get into the general shape that I was just right after like, like, like finishing college and stuff when I stopped playing sports and stuff, uh, right before right. I ballooned up 60 pounds. <laughs> cause I, cause my body went into shock from no longer playing sports. So I'd like to, I'd like to get myself Bro, I feel that. back into a general fit. And, and in order for me to do that, in order for me to start going to the gym, justifying it, I need to not smoke anymore. Uh, cause I can't mm-hmm. be up in the gym. Just like, you <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be baby long Bob up there. Exactly. Just, everyone in the just gym. Seriously, and then everyone at the gym is gonna be like Devin. Like, look at this fat fuck, just because he's breathing hard. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm good, uh, Garrick. How are you doing, doggy dog? <laughs> uh, dude, I, I took I took a nap before the show today, dog. Like, I got home from work and I oh, was you like, nappy boy. No, <laughs> I wasn't nappy feeling boy. it. I was just like, I need a nap, dude. My sleep schedule is ruined (laughs) that i am either getting far too much sleep or not enough sleep and dude it literally like it like i was like yeah i took a nap today chances of me being up till 3 a.m i would say that probably went up 60 percent after that like jesus christ that spring break fucked you pretty hard my guy (laughs) dude i i have yes it's been real bad i have not corrected (laughs) since like my sleep schedule's just been whack since then uh, it's probably going to be whack until summer begins and oh like God, I have the opportunity dude. to start over. Oh, surreal with the subscription. Oh, surreal. We love you. We love you so much. I'm giving you a nut button. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. You get a nut button. Right <laughs> oh, and surreal as um as one of our wonderful sword wielders. I finally did this for you and Griff. Um, 
we have a socials command now <laughs> for a chat after Griff had harassed me into finally doing it the other night. Not harassed me because I owed him. Like he was just trying to, he's holding me accountable. You know what I mean? But yeah, but so he, he showed up in chat and tried to use them was just like, huh? It's like, these were supposed to be here. <laughs> like someone he said they would be. <laughs> they he's, he's, uh, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry it's about okay. it. It's okay. Uh, but you want to know what we're also going to be nutting for this evening? <laughs> What's the right? Queen of Star Wars, Nintendo dropping bombs, our Moon Knight review, and much, much more. Because this is the Good Kraken Podcast. Your choice for all the nerdy video game and pop media news, reviews, and discussions that you want to hear live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 12 p.m. West Coast best coast time if you are riding this wave you can head over on over to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash good show where you can submit questions and topics to the show get exclusive post-show content and have early access to episodes before they go live on podcasts and video services across the digital seas Yard. thank you are now but if you have emptied your pockets for the latest and greatest in entertainment, that's totally fine. Because you can uh, watch us record this show live right here at twitch.tv forward slash Show. If you have Amazon Prime, oh, you have Twitch Prime. And we would love for you to give that to us to help us keep content, pushing content out for all of you listening or watching at home. But you can also support us by going to our YouTube channel, clicking that beautiful bell and big red button, or by subscribing to our podcast channel by searching Good Kraken with an exclamation point and leaving a review there. Review. Garrick, my guy. Before you get into Captain's Orders here, I just wanted to mention that I was thinking about like doing it instead of Yarks. I was thinking about doing just like quotes from, from Pirates of the Caribbean instead. Uh, <laughs> it's like, like across the digital sea, you're a thief and a liar, Jack <laughs> Dude, my wife is literally watching Pirates of the Caribbean downstairs right now before I came up to the show and like and I walked out of the kitchen and like they're at the scene where like they're going they're getting ready to steal the ship and I'm like uh, yes. in the kitchen yeah. and they're just like this this ship cannot be piloted by two men. He's just like, Well maybe I haven't mentioned. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally mouthing the word. Dude, I can I can only imagine how many times combined you and I have watched those movies. Like it's probably disgusting. It's probably disgusting. a lot. I've watched them a lot. Even all of them. Even the like the ones like after the original trilogy that mm -hmm. aren't good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like good. Yeah, I've watched yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just just fucking gold Disney brought us. Anyways, Garrick, what's our captain's orders tonight? Uh, I don't have a jar of dirt, but go check our, our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That was a big old poppin' episode. We had uh, five of the lovelies All there that five. evening. five, yes, yes. Good God, that was a big review. Uh, but it was a very yeah. good episode. It was probably our best review content to date, to be completely honest with you. Um, uh, we all had great things to say. Like, mm -hmm. everybody made really good points, like, one way or another, like, about, like, things things that they could have done a little bit better with the film and things they did. Honestly, I was really, really just kind of pleased with how that went in general. That was a great review. Yes, it very much was. Esco with the subscription. Esco, we love you so much. Thank you. She's she popping in the deal that's working on things. Love you, nerds. We love you too, Esco. You be good. Have a good <laughs> evening. Okay? Too, be good. Be good. 
And our last but certainly not the least important captain's order, join us this Saturday, May 14th, for our very special guest, Michael Hyman of Fanbyte. Let's go. Hi, Garboy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Michael Hyman was actually one of your guys' original guests before I joined the show, right? Yes. Mike was in our uh, uh, Subtle Sound of AAPI Hate episode, the very first episode of Good Kraken. Uh, he was one of our right. guests that was on there. He is, uh, at the time, was uh, was a journalist for uh, GameSpot and has since moved over to FanBite um, and has just been wor- living a wonderful life. Uh, he has been kicking so much ass since uh, getting getting heart surgery uh, late last year, early this year, and uh, having had to, you know, really kind of go through the emotions of being in and out of a hospital for a long time. He's doing fucking good, and he's a good guy. He's a good a good homeboy to have around here. It's going to be stoked to have me and him going in and talking about being Filipino as fuck in the games industry, man. It's going to be fun. Be a damn good time. Hell yeah. That sounds like it'll be a good topic. Let's I'm excited go, for y'all. You. Uh, Esco. You and you and Devin interviewing him this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. That'll be us, us on, on Saturday, dude. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be a damn good time. Esco says it did automatically yesterday, and I was like, these motherfuckers took my money. <laughs> LOL. Just kidding. Literally, I just <laughs> for whatever reason, I just like pictured like Ernell walking behind Esco like in like a like a strip mall and just like taking like four bucks out of her pocket. Over where I hear. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for this that. for me. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, my lord. <laughs> Ernell, why What's don't up? you tell the people at home what we have coming up next? Ladies and gentlemen and fadies and thents, what do we have next? That is a good question, Gary. Next we have the helm. <laughs> Uh, or no, what is the helm? The helm is our uh, little accumulation of some uh, some news pieces that are uh, just 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 important enough that we want to make sure that we bring it to you guys at home so you guys can uh, keep up with some of that nerdy news that you guys love so much. Uh, and uh, oh boy, do you all love it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We bring it to you on this little pretty silver platter that we like to call. The Good Kraken Show. <laughs> uh, it is. I don't know about a silver platter. It's it's a platter of some kind. It's a I imagine some, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's like one of those big ones with like maybe some McDonald's care. It's like it's actually just those make those Disney McDonald's plates. It's just like a yeah. couple of those like duct mm-hmm. taped together, mm-hmm. and you yeah. just kind of you just kind of. Uh, but anyways, Chuta <laughs> Gatwa is will star as Doctor Who's fourteenth Doctor, and this is coming from Emma Roth at The Verge. Gatwa will take over the role in 2023, replacing Jodie Whittaker as the current Doctor. This role and show means so much to so many around the world, including myself. And each one of my incredibly talented predecessors has handled this unique responsibility and privilege with the utmost care, Gatwa says in the statement to BBC. I will endeavor my utmost to do the same. The Scottish actor previously... I feel like I need to include the fact that he is a Rwandan British Scottish actor. God like, damn, I <laughs> damn the Verge. Uh, actor previously played Eric uh, A. Fong in Netflix Netflix's comedy series Sex Education, and will also star along Margot Robbie's in the upcoming Barbie movie. Gatwa will be the first Black man to play the Doctor, a role that has been passed around to different actors since Do- Doctor Who's debut in nineteen sixty. Three. So, about this one or no? Uh, first off, I'm stoked. Uh, a a 
gay person of color playing a major fucking role for a massive IP that is popular around the entirety of the world. Uh, this is a dope, 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 dope fucking move for them to make. Um, congratulations to him and uh, congratulations to, to him for what he's going to do in his career going forward because you don't go into a role as Doctor Who and walk away from that not getting some great offers immediately after you're done playing as one of the Absolutely. doctors, dude. Uh, so it's, it's just like the Marvel effect, you know, like he's just pedal your way up to the top top of the food chain as far as acting is concerned uh i haven't watched sex education so i don't i don't know firsthand what his chops are like as far as how he could potentially relate to being one of the doctors um but i have faith that they wouldn't have picked him for no fucking reason <laughs> just strictly like yeah, they, 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 they always pick someone good. for each doctor yeah yeah, I'm actually, yeah the one thing i think that's most like curious about this is uh i'm like a i'm a pretty big doctor who fan and uh, uh, Chuti actually has like he's got a much smaller uh, repertoire coming into the role as the doctor um, than some of his predecessors who have like had like actually several decades at longer of acting um, on him like on him than than he does. Right. Um, so that means obviously like for he's a, he's going to be a really young doctor. He's actually going to be the youngest doctor we've seen in a hot minute. Um, I think the like the youngest one previously actually being matt smith right and we um, see him in fucking everything now. and matt smith's like in fucking everything now so uh like or definitely he's been doing stuff recently so uh, i'm really excited to see where this goes uh i didn't watch a ton of jody whitaker's doctor but i also um i kind of fell off around halfway through peter capaldi's like run so i never actually got to see peter capaldi transition into jody whitaker's doctor sure um I like her overalls, but I haven't actually seen her in the role. Um, I love it. I love it. So I'm not sure. So I'm not I'm not sure how she does in the role. But regardless of how she did, um, I'm really excited to see like where like the uh, where the franchise continues to go, because it's it's not it's Doctor Who. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. And and St. As did you all see the Percy Jackson castings like they have filled up the other two characters uh, next to our boy from the Adam Project, uh, both people of color um and have been catching lots of backlash from racist fuck faces um and see what's surprising is that th that was sort of my immediate concern seeing the casting of uh is it is, is it Nkuti or is it Chuti Chuti Gatwa Chuti yeah, the okay, N, cool. the N is silent okay cool Chuti Gatwa so that was my main concern coming into seeing that announcement was fuck he's gonna catch a lot of backlash right like not only is he a black actor but playing in a role that you can see a lot of people being like they should not be black but it's which also is a... interesting well because I was like Jodie Whittaker ahead. did catch quite a bit jo mm -hmm. she did she caught backlash when when they yes. announced her role I actually haven't seen anything right negative about I, this surprisingly which is interesting enough is the internet I the the only negative thing that I've personally seen now, granted, I'm sure there's fuck faces out there and <laughs> like like saying some shit about this casting is probably fucking insufferable. But me personally, I usually see at least like two or three people say some shit and I'm like, ha ha, you're blocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like usually I see like, some stupid. List. Yeah, I, I, I ain't fucking around with you. But the the most like even just. Are like argumentative uh, take that I've seen so far is well he's not a ginger. <laughs> I was like, see, and honestly, sure. that, like, that's the thing. Like that'll probably that's one of those things. Like 
it's so it's so much of a running joke that the doctor yeah. wants to be ginger. He can never be ginger. Yeah, right, right. Which is <laughs> you can't give it to him. Right, <laughs> but, uh, exactly. Which is why honestly, instead I was like, that's fucking hilarious. So like, what? Like, exactly. I, I haven't seen any negative feedback from me so far. No, me either. My only critique is really just like just the fact that I just noticed that he's like he's a much he's coming into the, the role as a doctor. Uh, a little bit more inexperienced than his predecessors. So right. I'm just curious to see where that will go. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, like I said, they get picked for a reason. Um, I'm almost positive. Jodie Whittaker was a pride part of uh, David Tennant's yes. uh, detective show Broadchurch, yes. which yes. fucking slapped. So I haven't watched it. No, it's great on David Tennant is just great though. Oh, he's phenomenal. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm so excited to see where this goes. This is a, this was a, this is a good announcement. I'm it's gonna be looking fun. forward to it. It's going to be fun yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Moving up next, we have Eve Online Developer is making yet another FPS set in the sci-fi universe. This is coming from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. As reported by PC Games N, CCP Games announced at EVE FanFest 2022 that the shooter was already in development, and while it's not ready for the full reveal yet, a piece of content art was concept art was shown. We recognize that a hard sci-fi FPS game set in the EVE universe is a very popular concept, and CCP is committed to offering an innovative multiplayer shooter with atmospheric visuals. The developer said in a statement, we want to show show you rather than tell you how uh, we have evolved the concept and we're looking forward to doing so when the time comes to reveal the game. Uh, did you ever play EVE Online, Ernell? I've like, I've, I know about it. I know it exists, mm-hmm. but like, it's so nebulous to me. I literally, I've never touched EVE. Yeah, I have not either, uh, but I do know the importance of EVE in the gaming industry and how uh, a lot, a lot of gamers are fans of EVE Online. And, uh, and that means something for a lot of people. I also know uh, how absolutely gut-wrenching it is to see some someone who is a massive fan of eve online uh have this company be one of their favorite developers uh not branching out from the (laughs) the formula that they've uh so uh so welcomely uh, acclimated themselves to um (laughs) so which is kind of like why this ended up being in our in our news here anyways is like i i get a little a little upset when i see developers just kind of take this same beaten path over and over again when obviously their audience is begging for something different right now the question is is the audience for eve online actually begging for something different or are they begging for more eve online that is a question to be asked and i would (laughs) maybe argue that a little bit of both (laughs) you know like like i would maybe say they would probably want a little bit of both they maybe still want sci-fi but they don't necessarily want fps or they do want fps and they want sci-fi but they don't necessarily want it to be in the same universe or have the same story uh who knows i mean like we we see games like destiny for example who've kind of punched and punched and punched and punched and thankfully like they've come out some really really great content but eventually that's going to like they're going to have to do something different, right? Larry with the subscription. We love you, Larry, dude. Thank you. Thank you, dog. We love you. Yeah, that's the thing is like uh, with E because Eve Online has been around for quite some time now. Like its yeah. original release date, it, like way back. Like it's like early, early 2000s, I think, is when it came into conception. Two, I like, believe, right? Around yeah. around the World of Warcraft uh, ish mm. time. And dude, it's it's kind of sad to see 
Because like even though I've never played the game, like I've obviously like I've heard everybody's heard of Eve Online. If you've like played if you play video games, right? If you have a Steam account, basically, right? And so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's weird to see like there's like there's like staying in your lane, right? And then there's whatever the hell this is, because it's almost like you guys they're like afraid to try anything new, like as a studio. Right, right, right. And so you're just like, you're like, oh, we get it. Like, we get it. Like, the, the Eve fans want more Eve. But, like, you guys, like, you guys don't want to try anything else at all? <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess it sells and sells, I guess. I, like, it's just a question of, is it going to sell? Because, like, as far as I know, like, Eve Online has not done crazy good over the course of the past decade, maybe. I would say, It's been like, in a pretty slow decline, yeah. Yeah, like, and so, like, I guess, like, they're trying to give this, you know, the little jump start to the heart that they're, you know, begging for Eve online to do, but like how how much faith can we have in a game developer that hasn't been able to keep up with their content? You know what I mean? Like it's the only thing they can develop sci-fi action FPS games. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 hard to say, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Indeed. Also you're going to be seeing some shit from Star Wars here soon because Star Wars Ahsoka series production start announced by Disney Plus. This is coming from Kofi Outlaw at comicbook.com. Dope. The start of dope. I I read that. I was just like, like, God, Kofi Outlaw. God, I was just like, honestly, even if that's just a pen name, good for fucking you. It's a good good one. Keep it good for you. Like for real. Mm. Uh, The start of filming on Ahsoka was announced by Disney plus over social media with a director's chair in front of playback monitors, showing a familiar looking cowboy hat draped over one corner. Fans of Ahsoka Tano know that the hat belongs to Dave Filoni, the star Wars TV guru who helped make a uh, Ahsoka, a franchise icon in star Wars, clone wars and rebels animated series before bringing her into live action played by rosario dawson god damn for the mandalorian and book of boba fett now ahsoka will finally get the big spotlight on herself god this is probably damn dude the piece of star wars content i am the most excited for like outside of like the kotor remake i love ahsoka as a character i watched her like i I, growing up watched her in clone wars uh loved her character in rebels i read her transitionary solo book like i love ahsoka hands down one of my favorite like star wars characters i love the backstory of how she gets her white lightsabers and like purifies like the kyber it is so dope like i love her struggle with like the jedi with like the jedi order and so getting to see like a live action version of that, either that transitionary period or like post that. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see parts of like how she becomes who she is now, like in snippets, I'm hoping, but dude, there's just so much, so much to look forward to. And knowing that like Hayden Christensen is not only returning for the Obi-Wan series, but also for Ahsoka. Fuck me all the way up, dude. I'm so ready. <laughs> dude, goddamn for real. You owe Morbid a, a hydrate, but just to add on to what you're oh, saying, you, you, you fucking nailed it. 100% got to echo what you were saying. Um, <clears throat> I think it is incredible that they're giving us this after years 
of buildup, years of people asking for Ahsoka to come to live action Star Wars. And what a better way to fucking do it. Disney has made such a habit of giving people the fan castings that they want, like majority case. And we've seen it time and time and time again. In some cases, including somewhat recently, we've seen very much happen. Um, And having Rosario Dawson play as Ahsoka has been just an epic fan casting that's been down the pipeline for a fucking decade now, if not like longer, dude, because this is incredible that they're giving us this. She's a phenomenal fucking actress. Even just having Ahsoka in the couple parts we've had her in in Mandalorian has been amazing. Fucking amazing, dude. dude. Her intro scene, her intro scene in the Mandalorian where like she just like, I... Did it and farted and come in, dude. Like I was, like, I was damn. just like, yes, the white lightsaber, oh. let's fucking go, dude. And dude, she, oh. they even they even got her lightsaber. She they gave her the shorter Tonto lightsaber, and I was just like, you did it right, dude. I, I was just like, oh her tentacles God. are a little short, but I can let that go. But <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly, right, right, right. And the- it's it's just incredible because like we were dreading that we weren't gonna get like full-on Ahsoka, right? We were like, okay, like she'll show up, but what else does that mean, right? Are we going to get her in full action? And just like I said, they're fucking delivering, dude. They fucking deliver time and time again. I am so happy that we get to live in a world where Marvel and Star Wars are some of the most hype fucking content we can possibly consume right now. And... It's it's exciting to be this way about this, right? It just it feels good to know that like we're getting catered to as a couple of fucking dorks that just watch this shit <laughs> right. and waste our time watching this bullshit, but we're happy doing it because they keep nailing it every goddamn time. Like Sony, just give us Spider-Man back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like come on. Like Disney clearly has the formula unlock. They know what they're doing. They know who they're casting. They have good directors. Like they even like, dude. Even when people were kind of like meh about like Book of Boba Fett originally, like I'm sorry. Like you can say what you want about those first couple episodes, but that it. shit paid out and then some. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't dislike it, but it was a slow build. But like, dude, like the all everything that they did with like the Tuscan Raiders. Like yep. that shit was rad. Such as good storytelling, dude. Oh Such my good god, world building. And so, like, I loved that. And so, like, and to get to see it play out and, see, and get us like that, like that almost kind of Mando point point five season thing going on towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, dude. It was just like I was like, yeah, this played out, and like it, it, it just sets up big, more fun and bigger and better things that we're gonna get to see from like the Star Wars like expanded cinematic you know i don't even know what the hell they're calling it these days i know but man from the star wars franchise God and dude damn. it's just so like oh i'm really excited for this like really excited so me too. cannot it's just i need more of her i need more ahsoka like so badly so so badly and they and they and they did her character a lot of justice dude surreal says uh i i need i need rosario dawson more movies dude dude same because like Oh, Morbid, I still judge her for carrying Dante's baby. Exactly. Clerks 2 is when I, like, first discovered Rosario Dawson for, like, her as as a human being, uh, as an actress. And I was like, she is amazing. She fucking kills it in everything she touches. And uh, for some reason, somehow, some way, has not aged a goddamn day since even Clerks 2 came around, my guy. Like, it is insane. she really hasn't. 
Like, I, uh, like fine wine, my guy, like fine wine. Uh, some other things that are not like fine wine, though, my friend. PS5 misses its 2021 sales target, but aims for its strongest year yet. This comes from Ryan Denzel over at IGN. He says this, Sony's PlayStation 5 has now sold 19.3 million units, but fell short of its original fiscal year 2021 sales target by 3.3 million. Despite the dip, Sony still expects to sell more units than ever before in the next year. Sony originally forecasted selling 14.8 million units of PS5 hardware in its second year on the market, but Sony revealed in its latest financial earnings result that it instead sold 11.5 million units. This matches the late adjustment that Sony made two months before the conclusion of the 2021 to 2022 financial year, which lowered PS5 sales expectations to 11.5 million. As you'd expect, Sony puts the underperformance down to an ongoing difficulty in obtaining hardware components after global shortages. Oh, Garrick, my guy, are we surprised by this? Fucking cry about it, Sony. Figure your shit out. <laughs> it's your fucking fault, Sony. It's your like, goddamn fault, man. <laughs> like you should have, you should have either pre-produced far more units than you did, or you should have delayed your launch by a couple of months so you could backstock units to have people available to buy. Like honestly, I'm flabbergasted that it's even sold 19.3 million. I was just like, I have a feeling that like. 17.3 million of you guys are fucking liars. Like, <laughs> at least, right? Like, well, and then, like, the thing is, too, is that, like, they've sold 19.3 million units, so how many of those were actual people? You know what I mean? Because, like, how many yeah, fucking how many of bots, those were bots? Dude, like, Jesus Christ. And, like, I, I, like, I get it. They don't care, right? Because they're making their money, right? It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it was a bot, if it was a human. There's actual money, tangible money that's being traded for these things. So they don't, they could give a fuck less, right? And so it's, like, it's just it's disappointing to think that like they're over here like yeah we sold like eleven point five it's not as much as we wanted blah blah, blah. but it's like to, but to who to who like I'm like, yeah, I'm the like, only who person did you sell the eleven point five to like I would love like I've, <laughs> I've only seen a PlayStation five in real life once like <laughs> and it wasn't even owned by anybody right like <laughs> if I remember correctly no I've seen I have one friend that actually owns one. I have one friend that owns <laughs> yeah. two two friends that own a PlayStation Five, but I've only actually seen one of them in person. Right, and the other one's me. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, like, and even like with me, it's like me and my brother. They're the only two people I know within my personal vicinity that has even been within like a foot of a PS Five, let alone have one. Like right? it's yeah, it's it's just it's bonkers to me to think that like they're even at all talking about this. Right. Because it's like this is the weirdest fucking like year or like release year for a console historically ever period ever. Right. And it's like you can't really think that like this is this is something to even be disappointed by because eleven point five million units during a fucking global pandemic is. Yeah. Which shortages. It's still insane. That's still an insane fucking amount of units, dude. Like, they're, like they're, that's one of the highest like selling things in the fucking world throughout the course of the pandemic. Like, it has to be, dude. Like, it's right, it's dude. just it's insane to me to think about. It's insane to me to think about how it's probably not going to go much better for the next couple of years. Like, it's it like the PS5 is still going to be difficult to get for another couple of years potentially oh like, dude i 
I was able to get I I I got a switch like on launch by the grace of whatever gods you believe yeah, right, in. Right. And like and like that was flabbergasting to me. Like the fact that I was able to get a hold of those because those were impossible to get mm-hmm. for like almost a year. But mm-hmm. we're going on like two freaking years now and like I've still never seen a PlayStation 5 on a store shelf. Ever, dude, ever. I've seen I've seen, <laughs> I've seen switches and series X's and S's in store shelves since mm-hmm. then. And like, but like what are not they even, doing? Not even a digital version, man. Like nothing. What are they doing? What are they doing? Like, like I just don't understand. Like, like how how is it that we like I like how how are we able to have this situation where Sony's the only odd one out here? I just don't understand anymore, guys. I don't understand anymore. Like, how have we how have we allowed this to fucking happen in the games industry? I don't fucking get it. On the other hand, though, and speaking of Switch, Switch is still outselling everything else despite ongoing chip shortage. This comes from Ari Notice over at Kotaku. Today, in its annual earnings statement, Nintendo cited the ongoing chip shortage as a reason for a precipitous precipitous, excuse me, annual dip in Switch hardware sales, while in the same breath saying it hit company targets. Well, technically. Over the course of Nintendo's fiscal year 2022, which started last April and ran through the end of this past March, the company sold 23 million Switch consoles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 23 million switch casually doubled consoles and get this a 20% drop from the prior year <laughs> that stat by the way is tallied across all three iterations the standard edition the handheld only light and the snazzy new OLED model which was released last October in a vacuum 23 million is an eye-popping figure but it's also a case of moving goalposts initially Nintendo set itself the goal of selling 25.5 million switch consoles over the course of its 2022 fiscal year in November the company reduced that figure to 24 million before reducing it again in February to 23 million which it passed by 60,000 to date the switch has sold 107 million units more than the Wii at 101 million, but still far less than Nintendo DS at 154 million. And just like you said, Garrick, just casually doubling what the fucking PS5 sold, dog. Dude, for real. Okay, I like a couple of weeks ago, Devin and I had a lovely little episode titled "Does the Switch Hold Up?" Yes, this is proof enough that it's when you're moving when you're moving units like this seven years after the consoles launched. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you it- are going. <laughs> And it, it's it's insane, dude. It's insane to think because like the switch, like I just so for anybody who doesn't know, because I haven't really had a chance to talk about it on content yet, but I just recently actually bought a switch off of the my my sweet, sweet friend Summer who sold it to me for 150 bucks. And it she gave me the switch and Super Smash Bros outstanding fucking deal she gave me. And she basically was like, I got the OLED. I have no reason to have this anymore. So if you want this, I'll sell it to you for a lot cheaper. And I was like, fucking bless your heart. Absolutely. I'll get that. And I, and I got it. And when I first had a switch many, many moons ago, cause I got it during release period as well. Uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was my, my Octopath traveler machine. And yep, Breath I played of the Wild it. machine. I get it. Yeah, and, and I wasn't crazy interested in Breath of the Wild at the time, so I was like, you know, sure, like, I'll play this for now, and I'll see what else comes out. And for the first few months, nothing else really came out. So I sold the bitch, 
And what do you know? Uh, I sold it three months after I got it. Uh, it was month four when all the good stuff started getting announced. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now like they started. That, then we started getting like the Mario Kart and the Mario Party entries, and then we started getting like new stuff. Like we started getting like the ports and the remakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like shit, mm-hmm. like Bravely Second. We started getting like Skyward Sword, dude. Yeah, Switch. It took. It was kind of a slow release, like game release year after the launch of the console. But like yeah. ever since then, I mean, is their AAA catalog still smaller than like every other bigger console? Yeah, <laughs> but that's mostly due to the limitations of their hardware. But everything that they do have on there, like you sh- does runs pretty like well within like the confines of the hardware that it runs on yeah. um, for the most part. And dude, on I'm not surprised like or shocked at this at all. Right, like. Right. I literally, I still play my Switch like pretty regularly. Like, like there's a brand new Monster Hunter like expansion that's going to be coming out. I will probably put another freaking yeah, hundred hours yeah, into that yeah, crap. Yeah. And so you know, like I've like I've got like a ton of hours like physically on my like playing my Switch like across you know various franchises. Um, I think it this will definitely pass eventually the Nintendo DS. Um, oh, I'm at, sure it will. I'm sure it'll it get will. there. Yeah. But like the the DS was like that shit was a that shit was like a phenomena. Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, and even now, like I having my Switch currently, like I went and uh, I borrowed a, a Let's Go Pikachu from the guitarist of my band. Uh, he has virtually like every major Switch title like to date. So he was like, hey, if you need to borrow anything, dude. why don't you borrow? And I was like, bet, right? So I got Let's Go Pikachu off of him, and I've been playing the fuck out of that just scratching every little nostalgia itch that i possibly could have and uh and i've been playing the shit out. i've been genuinely enjoying my time with the nintendo switch i've been playing my nintendo yeah. switch honestly more than i've been playing my ps5 kinda and uh definitely more than i've been playing my xbox and so it's like it's interesting to see how like like dude the, the nintendo switch is just such a good piece of hardware it's such a, and like short of like what could potentially become of the the uh, Steam Deck and like what we could get when we finally get our hands on that, if that's something that you know either of us are interested in, which I definitely am. I feel like I'm I'm interested in the Steam Deck. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. I don't know if I'm interested enough to spend the you know four hundred dollars on it, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for like the uh, the version two model after they worked out all the issues right. from the first. I owned a I owned an out the door switch. I know what that was like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not right, doing that with right. the Steam Deck, <laughs> right, dude? And like I just like like uh, Morbid says in, in chat for me, it's a handheld factor. Uh, uh, it's 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 so convenient. It's just super con- like I can take it with me to my work and play it on my lunch break. And so it's like I can I can have that now. And like saying in chat saying like I I, uh, I want to get one for Animal Crossing. I literally just I was telling Garrick before this episode, my copy of Animal Crossing New Horizons just came in today, literally before like we started the episode. I'm super excited to play it because I'm actually enthusiastic about playing on a switch. Like super I'm gonna have to clean my island up because like we're gonna be we're gonna be trading fruit. Yeah, we we gotta we gotta we gotta visit each other's island. We gotta we gotta visit each other. Yeah, we gotta pick the weeds. Yeah, right, right. It's gonna, it's gonna be good, dude. It's gonna be good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's 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 cool to see uh the Nintendo still kicking ass, my dude. Uh, now some other stuff that could potentially be kicking ass. Garrick, you're gonna jump in. Go Hold ahead. on, real quick, real quick. I was like, yeah. dude, even more, but in chat's like, might need to go clean up my island. Let's hey. fucking go. <laughs> Yo, the boys, the boys are playing Animal Crossing. Let's go. <laughs> 
Dude, same. You need you need to fucking get it and let us know when you have it. Just okay. make Devin let's so mad. We're okay. all gonna be playing Animal Crossing. He's gonna be Devin's so like, pissed, dude. Animal Crossing. <laughs> no fucking animal. We're like, go play, go play fucking Fortnite, you nerd. Top ten game of all time, right? Uh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but some other shit that I could potentially kick some ass. Gotham Knights is no longer coming to PS4 or Xbox One. It's because of Michael McWhorter over at Polygon in a news release announcing a new gameplay trailer for Gotham Knights. WBIE, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, said, quote, to provide players with the best possible gameplay experience, the game will release on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC, and will not be available for PlayStation 4 or Xbox One consoles, end quote. When Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and developer Warner Brothers Games Montreal announced Gotham Knights back in August 2020, it was a cross-generation game, but it appears the ongoing delayed development of the cooperative action-adventure has shifted it to the current generation platforms only. Gotham Knights is slated for release on October 25th after being delayed out of 2021 last year. So you and I talked about it a little bit uh, before we went live. And what are your feely heelys, my dude, on, on this gameplay trailer that we got today? Uh, there's there's some stuff that that we got shown as far as the game is concerned. How are you feeling after seeing it? Um, so uh, have you I don't know if you about you. I watched like the full 13 minute gameplay demo yes. that they that they dropped today. Mm-hmm. Um, we got you know, a lot, quite a bit of gameplay from uh, Dick Grayson's Nightwing and mm-hmm. Jason Todd's Red Hood. Um, I, I'm like hopefully optimistic that this game is going to be a really dope, like co-op experience, kind of a la Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. with like that Arkham Knight sort of feel with like the cooperative. My biggest concerns right now are definitely like animation fidelity and smoothness. Yes. Like when it, across the board, but like with that being like kind of my biggest gripe, and we're still five months away from launch. If animation polish is my biggest concern, um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, this being like our first gameplay demo that we've gotten. Do I want to see more gameplay? Like, I'm a little... The the part that worries me the most was the fact that in the gameplay demo, we only got to see two characters. Rather than right, four. right. Like, Which are the other, other two, two not characters, ready? They're not right. Uh, like, that's what I'm thinking from a... Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they're not ready to showcase just yet. And that's okay. Um, cause it looks like everyone's kind of got like the same, like basis, like the shell. Uh, and then like they, they've got adjusted animations and skins based off of their characters and techniques. So right. I'm sure they'll get that rounded out pretty smoothly. Um, I actually, I don't know what people were saying about the art style online. I'm not sure if that was one of the critiques that people have, um, seen. It doesn't necessarily look like new gen. It's not like eye poppingly crisp, surreal, like hyper realistic visuals, right. but it almost looks like. Did you see you've seen the original Batman, like the, the animated series where like a lot of the color palette kind of has like a purpley to it. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. This feels that way to me. Like you kind of get like the purple hues in the sky, but it's not but it's not as dark and as gritty as the Arkham series. Correct. Right. And like I, I kind of enjoy that. It's like an in between that and like the more realistic looking like, uh you know, spider like Marvel Spider-Man that we got. Um, which I feel like this game's probably going to be the, the the two games that are going to be the easiest to compare to, um, for right now, right? Yeah, for right now, yeah. Until we see a little bit more, because that's kind of what like what they showed us. That's what it's reminiscent of, at least in my mind. Um, I'm hopefully like hopefully optimistic. Uh, 
based off of like the way the story and some of like the gameplay and character mechanics, like voice acting was really good. I really was impressed by yes. that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned that I counterpicked this against Devin. <laughs> like, just, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That this is going to like, yeah. that they're, that they're going to like take that community feedback and like really polish like, like that feedback that they get from that gameplay demo up. And that this is going to be like a smash hit cooperative like action adventure. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say because I I saw a wide spectrum of different opinions on this uh, from people that are like, oh, dude, this actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to a lot of people be like, this is absolute garbo looking. And uh, and I'm, I'm sort of in between. And uh, it, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to really like look at it in the state that it's at now and kind of like have any real feelings because like we see this all the time with video games, like five to six months is a long time for them to polish some things up. Uh, Especially at, you know, this phase of things where things, the game's virtually almost done. All they really have to do is polish things up before it goes gold, you know? And so it's like, there's, there's, there's thoughts to say like, sure. Like I can understand where people's criticisms are uh, because I have them too. They like some of the, the movement was very janky. Uh, some of the things looked just way too uncomfortably stiff. Like I can understand like in a world where we get games that have such smooth movement, like Elden ring, for example, like it's, it's hard to really like look at a game that's like that clunky and like sort of, you know, give it some, some leeway, but we're still months away from this game being completely complete. Right. And so it's like, it's it like it's impossible to really say like what it could potentially be. I don't necessarily blame you for being worried about counterpicking this because it could absolutely fucking slap and we have no damn clue. You know, it's, yeah, like, it's definitely still in like in the state that we've like 13 minutes sounds like a big gameplay demo. But when you consider that not only is this designed to be a cooperative experience, it is an open world game, which means there was a lot of shit we did not get the opportunity to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and while and while like the skybox and the world box and everything like draw distance looked really good and pretty complete, that like character and like the core character animations definitely looked the most out of place like the funkiest right and like not even so much like like nightwing because like i'm like we get it he can do flips in the trailer guys like oh my god um (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) fucking killing me fucking dude not dick pointless flips grayson over here (laughs) shit but like it was like Oh, like I get it. They're showing off like the like this is like really how his comp like they they wanted to like to show off the acrobatics because like that's his character yeah. and like so they're like yeah. I was like yeah I get that but at the same time like why the fuck does Jason Todd like I get that you resurrected the dude but he shouldn't be fighting like a zombie yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I'm I'm also a little concerned about some of the traversal stuff like like I I think that's that's kind of honestly my my biggest concern is like we've we've seen like what good traversal can look and feel like in Spider-Man and Miles Morales and like them coming Hell into yeah. this with Nightwing having a fucking like rocket glider is a little weird to me like like you like and I get that it's not the same type of hero be, and we're not going to be able yeah. to have the same kind of traversal that Spider-Man had. But I feel like there was something better they could have offered than just a rocket glider and and Red Hood, like, bouncing off of, like, a like hologram plateau through the air. Like, like a, a part yeah. of me feels like they could have done better. Like, like ev- even if it was just, like, 
like some form of like mini copter they could have fucking given us like a like a mini nightwing uh not nightwing a, a mini batwing uh ship of some sort that they that he that nightwing could have traversed in or something yeah. you know like Dude, something that would have been cooler you know right and it's it's kind of weird right because they did kind of show something that looked like that in like the form of the fast bat which was mm-hmm. like the fast travel thing they showed off right and then like so every and apparently every hero has access to the bat cycle like every hero can use the bat cycle right. that's like ground traversal for everybody and then nightwing had uh like yeah the co- like the 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 jet thing not, and like, like jet glider thing and i was like why did they it choose? wasn't necessarily like it's it's not necessarily a bad idea but like the thing that like really irked me that like i was just like it's the he's so stiff there yeah that like you can't even like I was only able to tell that he was ascending or descending based off of the movement of this, like the background. Yep. Like, yep. because he just like all you like all the only movement you get from his character in that is like, it's just like the jets, like adjusting from up to down. Yeah. And I and was then just, he's like, just like, and he's just there. You're just like, you, <laughs> his feet got at least like dangle or something. Right. And then like, there was just like, uh, and with Jason Todd's like, red hoods traversal, um, like he basically has the ability Ooh. to like, propel himself using like his own soul energy because he was resurrected by a cult right um and uh so but like the way it looks in game is like you jump and when you jump it like creates like this soul platform right underneath you right but the, the problem is right now is i can literally see the platform like when you're like yep that's a fucking rectangle you got under yeah, there literally like you guys literally. need to hide that shit and so like it's so like, yep, I, I get it. Like, I understand it's got like the kind of like the Mr. Negative looking effect, but like you can still see some like the underlying rough work on it. And you're like, all right, we need to smooth that out. But then, and, like, but, it, but and then, then he had and then he also had the grappling hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, none of his limbs moved. <laughs> like, and that's the part that upsets me is like there's there was so much space for them to like have these characters have like the subtle cues that we saw in traversal from Spider-Man and Miles Morales were like, they're not just swinging and it's like a stiff body. You're just, gliding through the air like they're swinging their legs yeah. are kicking up they're adding commentary they're moving their arms around there's different like like character animations for while they're swinging and like we've seen what that can look like and if this game is taking inspiration from one spider-man and or miles morales like you'd think that they that if there's anything they would have taken from it was the heart and soul of of having that character come to life in a way that is so subtle but like noticed by all of us of like that feels like I'm actually controlling Spider-Man and not just some yes. character model that is dressed like Spider-Man. You know what I mean? And that was the difference between exactly. Spider-Man a la PS2 and Spider-Man PS4, right? Like, like yeah, so exactly like in, in that generation, like, you know, when you would like web sling, it would literally like the web would just it would just go up and it would just connect to like the sky essentially yeah. right yeah like and but this has like but spider-man's got like those real physics and it's gonna be if you watch that trailer it is gonna be impossible not to compare those games at the present yes 100 like, literally 100%. looks exactly <laughs> like spider-man and arkham knight like you can tell it yep. takes exactly like from insomniac and rocksteady like that's where this game's inspiration comes from mm-hmm. and like right now it is like a little bit more on the rocksteady side but like dude even on the rock like batman's combat was smooth as shit in that game yeah the the batmobile was a whole other story we won't talk about yeah, that we, shit we, it was we awful. About, but, <laughs> but like 
But with a game where, like, they're actually toting and, like, advertising multiple, like, traversals, and that's something that, like, they want to feel unique, like, you guys shape that up. Like, you need to make it feel unique. Mm -hmm. Like, if you guys want that to be, like, something that you showed off, like, you guys, that that was a feature you chose to highlight. Give us a reason to want it to be something that was worth highlighting. Goddamn. Amen, my guy. Amen. What do we got next for the people, dude? Ooh, we have coming up some good shit. But in the meantime, before we move on to our next segment, I just want to remind all of you lovelies at home that you can sort us by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash show, where you can get early access on this episode before it goes public. You can write into the show and you can get this episode ad free. Uh, but if you're hearing this right now, you're not on our Patreon. And so for now, uh, here's a word from our sponsor. This piece of good cracking content is brought to you by Glide Mousepads. The world is changing and the demand for PC gaming and work from home setups has never been as wild as it is right now. Having the best of the best in PC accessories only makes it easier to get your work done before you jump right back in to the fray of the digital sea. And Glide knows exactly how to make that happen for you. Glide Mousepads is the future industry leader in mousepads, offering beautiful, smooth, waterproof products made with eco-friendly materials and non-slip rubber in a variety of sizes that are guaranteed to help you get that next win. I've got one of these bad boys in my office at work. I've got one here at my desk right now. Devin's got one. Xander's got one. This bad boy is silky smooth, silkier and smoothier than even the silkiest of smoothiest of smoothies or soy milk or what have you. <laughs> you can go to glidemousepads.com right now and use code Kraken for 15% off the Founders Edition mouse pad in every size available. Again, that's code K-R-A-K-E-N, Kraken, for 15% off any Founders Edition mouse pad today. Our next sponsor is Rogue Energy. Late nights are pretty much commonplace for all content creators, and anyone here at GK can attest that late nights are kind of our only nights. <laughs> Luckily for us, though, Rogue has figured out exactly how to give those late nights and even earlier mornings the supercharge that we all need. Rogue Energy is a low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula that is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Every formula Rogue energy produces is designed with optimal levels of high quality ingredients and no chalky textures again we don't want that we don't want that being the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand rogue energy strives to improve the in-game performance of gamers streamers and content creators around the world now i know that we've been riding this train for a long time might be tired of us talking about this you might not be tired of us you might want to just support us anyways and you know what for those that do support us we love you but the best way to support us right now is to grab yourself a big old cup of joe when i say joe i mean this rogue energy stuff i need you waking up first thing in the morning with a big old shit to get a big old shit going. oh wow you grab your rogue energy cup Okay, you dip that bad, you scoop that bad boy right on there. You that bad boy shaky dakey, you know what I'm saying? And then you're out the dang door. Okay, you need this beverage in your life. I cannot express that enough. You can head on over to RogueEnergy.com and use code GKraken for 10% off any purchase of shaker or formula tub of your choosing. That's G-K-R-A-K-E-N for 10% off any shaker or formula tub that you would like. Now, back to the episode. Look, y'all just give that a quick 
just a shaky dakey. Quick shaky dakey. Give the shaky dakey. <laughs> Dude, like that's literally that's like my favorite part of the ad read. The shaky dakey. <laughs> the shaky dakey, baby. Let's go. Let's go. It's just like the cold cut to like the zoom of your. It literally so, gets me every so, time. Dude. So fucking bad on myself for letting myself record that. So at night and just dude, letting the energy you, brew. You literally had like just. You could tell it was. You can literally like it has <laughs> the ad read just has three a.m. energy. Like yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm di- I'm both disappointed and uh, proud of myself for that. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's fucking. Amazing. In the meantime, Garrick, what are, what are, what are we doing next, my dude? What are we doing next, my guy? Oh, you better protect your neck because mm. we are headed to the gap <laughs> and uh yeah sorry sorry for the sound effects uh tonight on the gallows um if you notice we skipped uh our hands on deck segment uh yes. which we normally don't do on tuesdays uh but this is a special episode because we had two we had a marvel content finish and a new movie come out so you're getting two marvel reviews from us in a week time so I enjoy that. Let's uh, go. With that being said, tonight we are reviewing the Disney Plus uh, uh, series Moon Knight. And Ernell, why don't you hit the lovelies at home oh. with some facts? My people, Moon Knight review. Uh, let's talk about it, guys. Released on first episode, March 30th, 2022. Uh, directed by Mohamed Diab with six episodes in a runtime of 44 minutes to 53 minutes per episode uh muhammad diab very interesting stuff here um is actually uh very much an egyptian director uh who prior to coming into moon knight exclusively directed pieces of cinema that were uh directly correlated to uh egyptian culture so uh them picking him up for this was grand in giving us a story that was actually about like representation so it was dope as fuck from there uh some trivia for you guys for the scenes where steven and mark interact with each other rather than have oscar isaac try to act against a green screen stand-in or an extra marvel hired isaac's real life brother the journalist actor michael benjamin uh quote bro dameron hernandez uh to serve as his double as a way to help isaac act opposite of himself Isaac said during a Moon Knight press conference that the, his brother is the closest thing to him there is on Earth. Uh, excuse me, I stumbled across my words there. This way, Isaac was able to seamlessly differentiate between between the characters and was able to feed off of Hernandez's energy as if he was actually acting against himself. Get the brother, man. Gotta get the brother. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's a smart way to, to kind of do that. Like, move. Especially if you want like a good personal connection with like the person... Because there's some he he does a really good job like conveying uh like emotion in this so that that makes yeah, that did. kind of pieces that together so maybe maybe that was why we got some of that yeah he did dude Saints says oh my god there's a brother to Oscar what <laughs> yeah no honestly I didn't realize Oscar Isaac had a brother either I don't even know what this guy looks like you know what I'm saying here let's 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 find out I'm gonna find out here really quick uh, Oscar Isaac brother let's see Oscar Isaac brother all right let's see here. Uh, 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 oh, wait, no, that's okay. That's just Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> okay. All right. I can, I can kind of hear. I'll, I'll show you guys here in the, uh, browser screen here. Uh, let me set this up and here you go. Okay. So that's Oscar Isaac's brother. This is Oscar Isaac's brother right here. And, uh, doesn't look crazy a lot like, I think the hair and head shape are there. I think that's kind of, um, you can tell they, that you can tell they're related. 
Right, right. Like, and like, they look like brothers. Over here is yeah, like like they're they're very reminiscent of each other, right? Aw. Pedro Pascal with Oscar Isaac. They're like best friends. I love that so much. Yeah. That makes me so fucking happy, dude. <laughs> it makes me so damn happy. Anyways, more trivia for you guys. Since Marvel Studios decided to set Moon Knight in London to differentiate from the other, uh, many other titles set in New York City, Oscar Isaac decided to give Stephen Grant a high-pitched working-class British accent, even though that wasn't indicated in the script. Isaac's British accent was criticized by the audience as soon as the first trailer was released. But Isaac explained that he put on a London English accent for Stephen that he suggested was intentionally bizarre and unconvincing. He was inspired by the accents of the Jewish community living in Enfield, London, as well as English comedians such as Carl Pilkington excuse me, and Peter Sellers. So we talked we talked about this before, you and I and, and, and Devin. Uh, they're like he he very purposefully did that dorky English accent because it was supposed to be his perception of what an English accent was, right? Not like what an right, actual... Yeah, because right. he was a child. He was like a child when his exactly. personality... Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, and that dopest, dope fucking little detail there. I, I love that shit so much when, like, the actors are willing to kind of take it that one little extra step. Uh, Saint says, that's so cool about the filming. I love fun facts like that. That's why we do trivia, Saint. That's why we like, we to like trivia. trivia. Yeah, we like let's, trivia. Let's go. Uh, next up, the QR codes shown throughout the series actually work, and when scanned by a smartphone, they will redirect to a page on the official Marvel website where it's possible to read a free online issue of the Moon Knight comics related to the latest episode. What the hell? Looks like I, I gotta go get some comics, dog. Looks like I gotta go get some comics, baby. Dude, I'm gonna rewatch those and find all the QR yep, codes. Let's now. fucking go, dude. <laughs> so all you people at home, go get your comic. Go get go get your your free Moon Knight comic off the the Marvel website. Let's fucking That's do so it. That's so dope. That's so fucking cool. All the scenes set in Egypt were actually shot in Budapest, Hungary. In an interview with the Egyptian website uh, Phil Fan on March 20th, 2022, director Mohamed Diab said Moon Knight was set to be filmed in Egypt. But due to the difficulty of obtaining permits, the shooting was moved to Hungary. Diab said that approximately three billion Egyptian pounds, uh, relative to equivalent to, excuse me, uh, 165 million dollars, were spent in the Hungarian capital Budapest during the filming. Holy shit. God damn. Uh, but also, didn't realize I was hungry. Uh, <laughs> that, that definitely would have beat me out yeah, as far as Budapest is concerned. I get, Actually, no, I guess in the first episode when Mark Spector ends up in, well, Steven, sorry, wakes up and he's in the middle of that, like, op, like you know, that town in the middle of that open fucking field or whatever. That kind of looked like Budapest. Oh, like, when, I, he was in, when he was in the... Uh, when he first the, meets, like, him, you know, Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, he was like the in the Himalayas. There's like a you like or wherever the hell he was. Yeah, right. Like look, it looked like like I don't know Sweden or some shit. <laughs> yeah, somewhere very Eastern European and yeah, green. Right. He like looks up and some guys like I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Like and he's like <laughs> yeah, that's the vibe you got. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I thought he was. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mark Spector's Moon Knight suit has hieroglyphics on his trousers, which read, "Quote: Rise and live again as my fist of vengeance, my Moon Knight." And I had to leave that as a last piece of trivia because that goes hard. It's fucking shit, dude. That's so cool. They're talking about his suit, Mister Mister Knight. By the way, his pants. Oh, real Mr. Knight's the suit. pants. Yes, have dude, hieroglyphics that's on it. So, so sick. I dude, there's like there's some little things I'm not surprised I missed. 
dude. Like that's that's so fucking raw, man. I I love little details like that when they when they think about that extra level, dude. I love it so much. Uh, saying the little mountain town, likely under the Alps, exactly. Right, right. The yeah. Alps, yes, it was yes, in fact Alps. in the Alps. They the, say the Swiss that. Alps. They say right, that later right. on. Yeah, because because that looked that looked as close to what I would imagine Budapest to look like outside of Budapest. <laughs> uh, did you all see this concept art where the dapper suit had a hood? I did, and I know that got a lot of discourse because a lot of people were like, "No, that looks dumb." It looked fucking dope. I don't care what anybody says. I, yeah, I <laughs> liked it. As a suit blazer <laughs> with a fucking hood on. Are you kidding me? That's as sick an as Assassin's shit. Creed fan. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, dog. Hundred percent. Now, Garrick, as a Moon Knight fan, what were your top level thoughts of Moon Knight? Uh, where to begin? Uh, this film or film? If it felt like a film it every episode, yes. that's actually yeah, one. Goddamn it! Um, I felt like the quality of the episode, like, was really high this time around. Like you felt the production quality, and I don't know if it's just because, as a character, like, um, Moon Knight didn't interact with uh, any outside any outside Marvel characters. It yeah. is a uh, completely uh, individual, isolated Marvel cinematic experience, mm -hmm. which is really unique, especially given the fact that we are like deep uh, into phase four at this at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. In terms like in terms of like the TV shows that we've gotten in the movies, we've gotten to parallel them. Um, and it stands alone and above all at the same time. Uh, this this film is literally only hampered by Daddy Oscar Isaac's inability to act as Mark Spetter, Stephen Grant, and Jake yeah. Hawthorne. Like it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so like Moon Knight can literally will only be hampered by his inability. I don't even know if that man has an acting ceiling at this point because damn right after like, dude, I was so stoked with him as Leto and Dune. And then he tenfolded it in this series. Like Oscar Isaac's performance is hands down the absolute star. Like when it comes to this series, it is the highlight. It is the best part. Um, in my in my opinion, um, loved it. Like loved the portrayal, the emotions, the all of the characters had, um, and a surprisingly surprisingly accurate on screen representation of a uh, DID. Yes, very which much so. It's which like uh and like there's actually articles from psychiatrists from like psychiatrists and stuff that like even like said like yeah, this is like as far as like being able to represent it on screen, like this is a really good really well done job. Um getting to see all the Egyptian gods come to life and getting to really see uh gods that weren't like Thor and Loki um kind of a powerful mo moment in Marvel. And uh they do a great job with it. Um Harrow is a great villain. Not the villain I expected him to be uh, when right. I watched the show. Right, yeah. Um, but I feel like it it really played out. Honestly, like this, this just felt like such a complete experience. Like if I would actually, as much as I would like a season two, if it didn't get one, 
I would almost I could be I could be like at peace with that and just watch Moon Knight over and over and over oh, again. Oh, dude. Original Joni raiding us right now. What's up, dude? What's happening? Thank you so much for the raid. We appreciate you. We are a podcast. We won't be able to give you guys like an intro video or anything like that. But we're currently talking uh, reviews of Moon Knight, the uh, the Disney show. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, and uh, spoiler it is, free, it is spoiler free. Yeah, you guys don't need to jet out or anything. If you haven't finished watching or whatever, uh, we're just trying to sell you, you you peeps on it so uh hang out with us come and hang out with us it's gonna be a good time um <clears throat> uh griff hasn't it been confirmed for season two i don't know let me no it has out. not I don't, been yeah i don't believe um, it has there have been several articles from both the director um and and oscar uh basically saying that they're not opposed to doing a season two but right now um it's really going to depend on the story but they actually wrote um moon knight with in mind that like this kind of is the story and this is just, you know, how the series is going to be. Now, there's absolutely no way they would create a character in the MCU and not have him interact with other characters. Just right. because we're we're not going to get another Moon Knight series doesn't mean that we're never going to see Moon Knight again. Um, mostly because like, I don't know how familiar with you guys are with Moon Knight in the comics, but there is literally a Moon Knight beats the Avengers, literally beats their asses. Every single one of those motherfuckers. Really and like, does. there's a quote, really like beats him. He's just like, if I can beat the Avengers, I even I don't know what I'm capable of. Yeah, like, right. And he does the damn thing. Like he is such an unpredictable, like Deadpool level hero where like just his his the way his suit functions. And like, look, he is such a reckless character. In, in the comic books, Taskmaster li literally states uh, Taskmaster has the ability to, like, photogenically copy anybody's right, fighting style. Right. And he straight up says, I don't like to copy Mark Spector slash Moon Knight's fighting style because he will take punches just to give a he will take a punch just to give a punch. That's the kind of hero he is. Yeah. He will let you hit him just so he can hit you harder. Yep. Yeah, that's a dope ass hero. Uh, Saints says, can he beat Scarlet Witch? You know, <laughs> we can get into that discourse we can uh the answer honestly is no um no <laughs> no uh not not at least not canon mcu uh scarlet witch because that is a whole other level of of character that we're still dinking around with and and technically in this canon so far that we have now that mark specter moon knight is in the mcu he's not quite at his full capabilities yet and we can no, he hasn't been moon knight for very long right correct and so like he's he's not quite at the abilities that he has up to the point where he's able to defeat the avengers solo you know like by himself uh but who knows one day we could see we could see him go off and get a little funky crazy but uh any final thoughts gear combat um not not those are not pretty much it for my top of thoughts i just really like thought this was just a really complete marvel experience like and it like be, being only six episodes uh they worked well with what they had like it's it's very very concise yeah definitely agree i i feel i feel like this uh this series did a very very good job of giving us a origin but not origin story um in in a way mm -hmm. that's like he already technically had his powers you know but like this is an origin story and is a very very good introduction to a brand new character that we haven't seen before um i think that oscar isaac was incredible in this series like god damn does he act <laughs> like, he, like that dude that dude can act like fucking nobody's business man it is wild i hear dude, for oscar isaac 
he didn't even have to method act and be an asshole to do it either. Yeah, he just, yeah, I know, Jared Leto, go fuck yourself. Uh, he like, dude, Oscar Isaac fucking slayed this entire show, man. Like, I, I, I like. It was so thoroughly surprised every time I see him in any piece of content and he blows it out of the goddamn water. But this this show specifically, like he does such a good job of representing D.I.D. in a way that is in, is important for people to understand and like learn about his character, but also learn about D.I.D. Um, like we talked about earlier, that detail of him creating this like fake bullshit English accent purposefully to get a point across that like he never actually knew what an, a proper English accent is supposed to sound like. And that was supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, you know, even when we start seeing some other things that, you know, I don't want to spoil because it's spoiler con not spoiler free content right now, but like he, like he does some other things that are super like, Holy shit. Like he really has so much of versatility to him. That is just out of this world. Uh, Griff says Oscar Isaac fully carried that show hands down. I feel like this almost redeems what Disney did to him during star Wars. Yeah. Although, yeah. Although <laughs> I don't know if it quite redeems it yet. <laughs> like we need We're more. We're not quite there, but we like, more. The, but like it's a step in the right direction for sure. Now I don't want to take the spotlight away from some of the other actors that we have on the show because Ethan Hawke was fucking incredible too. I mean, Ethan Hawke is incredible in fucking everything that he does as well. And having these two Ethan characters Hawk. be the focus point of the show between Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight and Ethan Hawke's Harrow and like having those two sort of like, clash together especially because Harrow in the comics and correct me if i'm wrong here isn't a big villain like he's only kind of in one run of moon knight and that's it like we like we get more midnight man in the moon knight comics than we ever do any of Harrow, and we see midnight man in this show and they kind of you know play around with that but unfortunately that actor is is the one that passed away two months prior to the show actually being aired so unfortunately if they did want to bring back midnight man they would have to recast him but uh which rest in peace to you sir um but Ethan Hawke was just incredible giving us this character that really had never really been touched that deeply before and having us be invested into him being a villain. And he was just pure, like, our, like he was he was a fun villain to have. Um, yeah, Griff says Haro is kind of a C-tier villain in the comics. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And he represents it in such a way that makes it feel like their stakes. And I know I talk about this a lot when talking in our review content is like, we have to have stakes in Marvel content because we're dealing with superheroes. If there's no stakes, then there's no point in them existing. Right. And like, it's important that we have exactly. that, especially in origin stories uh, where we see that, like Ethan Hawke as, as Arthur Harrow, like coming in and just like having us actually fear for Moon Knight and Mark Spector's life and be worried about what could potentially be happening there was such a, such a good move. And then Griff also points out May uh, Kalamawi, I believe is how you uh, you pronounce her name, uh, as Layla, she was phenomenal. She was fucking phenomenal. And then there was some stuff that got revealed mm -hmm. in the show that, again, don't want to ruin it for everybody, even more fucking phenomenal. Like, she fucking killed it. She's also an Egyptian actress um, and a come to find out a lot of the actors and people that they had working on this show were Egyptian. And so it actually worked in even further representing uh, their culture and like what they're about and their history and their mytho their mythos even more than like what they would have originally if they just had some fucking anybody directing this goddamn, uh, this goddamn movie. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's incredible to see like how they handle the show and to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, Garrick, this, this, series was six episodes and 
all six episodes sort of jammed into one just felt like a movie experience. Like this, like this felt like it a really Shang-Chi did. level origin story that we got across six episodes. And that was the entire point of why Disney started doing these Disney Plus shows in the first place with Marvel. This is they wanted to expand how much they had available to tell the stories that they wanted to tell for the characters that we had mm-hmm. available to us. And they exactly. fucking nailed it this time, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. Fucking this time. Absolutely. I think one of the one of the like the best things about this, like the D- Disney Plus, like shifted this sort of content, giving you guys, giving like you guys, us, the people at home, six episodes for an origin story. That's six hours, six hours, roughly, yes. right? Right. Of origin story, which is way more time to let the character breathe than a two hour and thirty minute runtime. Uh, of an origin story, which almost always misses stuff. Like it's like every MCU like origin. Shang-Chi is hands down the best MCU origin story. Like no, no. God damn, it's so good. Like, God damn, it's so good. Dude. Best one. <laughs> but like there was definitely a time early in the early like, the MCU's life where we were getting like where Thor and like, Thor and Iron Man's origin stories were a little rough. Like we were a little not rough, the yes. most exciting pieces of content. Um, Like, and so th- we, now that we've got the opportunity to like to, to get a, like a six episode stretch of an origin where like we really have the opportunity to let the character breathe and grow, like even just with Falcon and Winter Soldier, the character development there was amazing. Like it was so needed to have that di- to the space that wasn't the silver screen to let these characters grow inside their cinematic universe, to be able to put them back on the silver screen to be the best version of the character they can be on like in the movie setting like it's 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 like it's a smart move and it works so well for them yeah dude they 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 really really made some moves here and they i think they made a lot of decisions that benefited moon knight as a character and they benefited moon knight's story uh as as an introduction to us kind of coming into a character that not a lot of people really knew a lot about you know what i mean like it, and so we're us getting new characters introduced into this this universe that they've already sort of established rules in is it's super super important for us to get good stories coming from new characters because we don't know like how they are going to fit into the rules that have been pre-established in the MCU now. So there's a lot that's happening that like is going to be hard for us to trust them unless they give us that story that it so very much deserves to have. Um I want to point out Saint says I'm a movie verse person. I know very little about the comics, but Moon Knight might get me into the comics. Not sure yet. I I think I fit in a boat that's sort of in between those two because I I loved Moon Knight enough that it actually did make me interested in the comics. And like Moon Knight was one of the uh, one of the Avengers characters that like never really like grasped me. Like back in the day when I was like into comic books, I w- I never was like truly fascinated in Moon Knight. And now mm-hmm. that I've seen the show, I'm like. I kind of want to fucking dig into his stuff. Like, <laughs> right. And, and like, and which is weird, right? Because like when you see like Moon Knight's character, like on the older comics, especially like he looks, he looks like a Batman clone. Like essentially right. that's like, that's, that's like the look that he gives in the comics. Um, and like now that people have really gotten the opportunity to like, see his character on the, like the screen and see like what his character really represents, and like what his char- like what his character's really about. He is definitely more akin to Deadpool than he is bad- <laughs> anywhere near Batman. Like very much like, so. Is that, like putting like putting him in like in that sort of like, detective realm, like 
he is he is he is a merc with a mouth in a sense. Not Deadpool, but he's like in that same vein. And like he's really it it was so nice to see um them work with like new like the, the boundaries of the MCU, right? But also expand on it without the need for like cameos. Like yes, and they did it exactly. in like really subtle ways. With like in really subtle ways where like they built they built on the MCUs, like as an example, spoiler free, there is a portion of the of the uh where you see the afterlife and they literally make the comment. They're like, this is what the afterlife looks like. And then a character's like, well, and afterlife. Yeah. And like one, that of the one line, right. super important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's like exactly. That, and then like, and you'll understand like how important that is after you watch multiverse of madness. And like, we actually get to see some like spirits from, from like an, a, a death realm that are right. different than the ones we see in Moon Knight. And we're in like in like it's going to involve around like some different characters. Oh, no. Oh, Garrick's turn. Garrick's tweaking out for a second. Oh, no. And but they didn't. They had camos planned for this originally. A cameo camos. 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 No. camos. Good. Am I back? Uh, kind of. Camos. Yeah. Cam- for, for now. For now. <laughs> camos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Am I back? OK. Uh, we didn't like they, they were originally planning on doing some cameos in this show. Uh, I believe the biggest one was actually set up to be Werewolf by Midnight. Um, yeah. And they cut right. it. Right. Um, and so the, not to say that we won't see Werewolf by Midnight, but this wasn't the space for that. Um, and with that being said, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, there's six episodes of mm-hmm. Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really kind of set apart is they have like a record breaking runtime for the MCU with their finale. Uh, but not the longest finale, the shortest. Yeah, right. Being only 40, being only 42 minutes. And I wanted to uh, like with I wanted to get your opinion on the finale of the show and how you feel like they did with the runtime. I feel like the couple episodes leading to the finale were so good in their storytelling abilities that they were able to go into the finale of the episode and just give us just this ultimate climax of everything sort of like coming together. And ultimately when I say that I'm more, I'm more so saying that as like a cheeky way of saying like the entire final episode is like action, 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 action. And it's like across yeah. the board, right? Like they, they took off at the end of, of episode five. So they went into episode six, there was no time to have to lose. Like they were in it and it was and like once, once the, the car started going, like that ball was all going all the way down the fucking hill. And, and it was perfect way to set that up, especially, considering that like episode five was so good so fucking so good, good that it was like impossible like nearly impossible for them to have fucked that up going into episode six right because episode five does such a good job of setting up like okay this is what's been going on this is what you need to get ready for this is what we're actually looking at right now currently now let's get through this let's move on into episode six now that you know where everything is supposed to be at right and that level of storytelling is what we were hoping that we would get throughout the course of all these other marvel disney plus shows where we're like usually we've seen like episode four has been the most on average has been the one that pops off in like most of these other shows and then mm-hmm. like the final two episodes are like yeah, sure. Okay. Like, like in, in this, it was like episode four was like kind of there. It was kind of there. And we saw this, this peak happen. And so it was like, by the time the show was ready to finish, they were already at the top of the fucking hill. 
And so it was like, yeah, you know, like what they are we going to do? They did a great job building it over episodes. Like they really yes. did. And that's what like set it apart. Like, uh, episode five Asylum, which is this is like the funniest thing to say about this show. Like this show's like discounting the multiverse of madness. Yeah, uh, this is a pretty violent show. Yes. Um, And like they like they they kind of show it in like a really interesting way. Like they like they use they, they that's how they, they kind of use the D.I.D. to mm-hmm. kind of like mask some of like the bloodier parts to like make it like Marvel friendly, right. uh, which is actually really cr- clever and brilliant. Um, but episode five Asylum is like probably the least action packed episode. Yeah. But it is hands down the best <clears throat> one. Yeah, because because it, it the is. exposition, the exposition <laughs> that they chose to have on the show, oh, all, all of it is it was moving, it was heartfelt, it was smart, it was clever. Like everything that they packed into episode five was just like on its own could have been like the entire like second act of a Marvel movie. And so it was like because we oh, had this yeah. one hour of really just like really discovering what this character of Mark Spector and Steven, technically, uh, what these two characters have with each other and like discovering like what this character is about and why they are the way they are, and why they are where they are and what that leads into into this grand finale. That was the final episode. It is was incredible. Like episode five was so good. You can't you can't fuck that up going afterwards. Right. It's like it's like if Game of Thrones Dude. ended on on the fucking like Red Wedding, like one episode after the Red Wedding. Like you can't. Like, yeah, you're like, that's all I don't need to watch anymore. Like, this is good. Yeah. And like, honestly, <laughs> I think one of the things that was like, I don't know about you, but we when we watched like the the fifth episode and I was sitting there, I was actually kind of curious. I was just like, there's no fucking way they can wrap this. There's right. no way they can't right. wrap this right. in one more episode. And then and then we watched the episode i was literally just like the son of a bitches did it like they fucking did it dude they they they, <laughs> they did it. i can't i can't believe I, they like, pulled dude, off the landing because like there were the motherfuckers that needed to be rescued there uh-huh. were people they were like nowhere they were like they were all pretty far they were people in other realms at the time yeah. like when yeah. things were like happening and then like it all bro- got like literally like they got everybody in the same room to 15 minutes and then it was just 30 minutes of ass whooping and like i was just like okay all right yeah okay yeah i see you, you Moon Knight. It, dude i see you yeah and so and like they they yeah, dude thrilled so to so to answer your question yeah I, I i thought the final episode was was fucking grand and i thought that was a very 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 good way to take things off and set us up for what the potential future of moon knight could be and how it intersects into the mcu that we know and love um I before we jump out of here, though, I want to make sure that in connection to that one big thing that I feel carried this show very, very well across the board, especially going into the finale of the show was F. Murray Abraham doing the voice of Khonshu because like he did like such an incredible uh. job voicing a god in this show in a way that like he felt godly he felt felt godly godly, right and like he sounded godly he felt godly his relationship with mark specter was godly his relationship with everybody around him was godly and seeing like we've seen gods in the mcu before right we know thor we know his father odin we know loki dude like this felt different though right i was just like different different you're just like, damn, you got a lot of fucking attitude for an outcast. 
Yeah, and and it's like like coming coming into into them now presenting to us that like, hey, there's not just the Norse gods and like the Eternals, and we we are now being introduced to like different forms of gods and different like gods in in, in a way that is completely based on the cultural hierarchy hierarchies and and mythos that we've seen. And what you said earlier was so important of like how we're getting this representation of gods now that is discovering that like they're not all just humanoids and they're not all just this sort of like yes. carbon copy of what the, what we think gods are across all these. And cause for a while we could, we could make the assumption that like, okay, like now looking at Thor love and thunders trailer, for example, right. We know that Thor is going to be talking to Zeus and Zeus is a humanoid God. Right. So now we're, we're talking yeah. Greek, Greek gods and like what that could potentially mean. But seeing that in contrast with the Egyptian gods that we get in Moon Knight, what else is there possible that they could give us as far as gods and like the spiritual realm is concerned, especially like you said earlier, walking out of multiverse of madness and like what that means for us in the future of the MCU, what we could be introduced going forward from there. I think getting Moon Knight and multiverse of madness sort of end simultaneously was one of the best decisions they could have possibly made because I think both of those things were such good experiences that that bounced off each other in a way that like we were able to go off of the mysticism of Moon Knight and the good that solid finale that we got from Moon Knight walk into multiverse mm -hmm. of madness and have a general concept of like none of this shit's going to make fucking sense right no I'm so ready for this bonkers off the wall bullshit because I just saw it in fucking Moon Knight three days ago dude like I'm ready for it like, right and so like go, going into it like what is there left what else can they do right and so Saint says it was nice to also see them use gods as gods and not just reference names sorry Thor buddy yeah it, it's it's true like the representation of the gods is is so well made in Moon Knight because they didn't they weren't afraid to kind of go there, and I feel like their their hesitancy to go there has been displayed in in some of the other Disney Plus content where like they were almost kind of like there they were almost wanting to give us what we wanted they were almost w willing to give us a little bit of extra violence a little bit of extra storytelling from like the individual shows and in this show they committed in a direction and that had to be the best benefit. That it had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There was there was a lot of love that went into like the creative direction of this show. You can tell because they they made some hard choices that were very like away from like stuff that Marvel has done in the past. Like with the the, the cameo heavy stuff, lots of Easter eggs. And like this has Easter eggs, right? But it's like it's way scaled down. This is so much more about like just letting the characters have their own like space in the MCU and like letting you understand like that this has implications, even if it, they don't directly interact with other characters. Right. Because there was a scene, an episode, I want to say three, maybe it was four. Um, where you get to see the avatars of like a dozen gods. Yeah. Like a dozen, a lot. Yeah. And so there's that, like, but we didn't get to see we didn't get to see their godly shapes, but there's definitely room for them to appear uh, in the future. Right, right, and like like the, it's, you, dude, God, man, it's 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 hard to really like like hit 
any just one single nail because they 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 nail it so well in so many different divisions of the show. And like honestly, that's kind of my last thought on this because like honestly, I think you and I are both on the same page. This show fucking rocked. This show fucking rocked. And and like it ruled. Now Griff Griff mentions in in the chat like. Uh, uh, that's kind of like the mythos of, of Norse mythology, though. Um, and that's how Norse gods are uh, in Norse mytho. The gods are basically humans with superpowers. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yes and no, though. Right. Because it's like the, the same could be said of like the Egyptian gods, too. Or like not all the Egyptian gods were necessarily like big, gross, like half human, half animal things. Like, granted, like we didn't necessarily see all of the, you know, like Egyptian gods and stuff. And like Loki's not certain, certainly not supposed to always be looking the way he does in Marvel. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but it, it's 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 cool to see how Moon Knight gives us such a display of like what Disney is trying to do with the Marvel like TV show content and how they're still trying to make it just as cinematic as the movies and Moon Knight makes me feel so much better at it like walking away from it because we've we've seen Loki, we've seen Falcon of the Winter Soldier and we've seen um fucking what else was there? I, don't know, I feel like I'm forgetting one. I feel like I'm forgetting one. So we've got Loki, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and WandaVision. So WandaVision, far. yeah. We've we've walked away from all three of those shows, sort of feeling like, okay. You know, like I kinda need to see like where this leads into, right? Like that was that was a fun story for what it was, but like, you know, there wasn't like something super crazy out of it. Like Loki had probably arguably the best finale of the three, arguably. Um <clears throat> I would I would say so. It's just different because, like, with those shows, like, it's less about the story that they were telling in the present and more about where it's going to it's going to place those characters in the MCU because they're all like pre-existing characters we know and love. But like this was just such a strong, strong stance of a new character like because this is our first new character, like new iconic character in uh, a Disney Plus format. And this proves that they can do individual stories um, that aren't like the Avengers we already know and love in Disney plus and have it really excel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so dude. And I, and I'm sure I can speak for both of us. when I say we're super fucking excited to see how they plug Mark Spector into the MCU when it will be. We don't know how it will be. I have no fucking clue, but I am so ready for it when that time happens. Let's hope that it's in Blade. <laughs> Dude, I I don't even give a crap. He could show up literally anywhere, and I will be fine. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to pop off, dude. I'm going to fucking pop like, off when he pops up in one of the movies, dude. It's going to be so good. Look, all I'm saying is if if... If Oscar Isaac says we can call him Daddy, I'm going to because Daddy Oscar Isaac. Daddy Oscar Isaac, man. Kill Daddy, Oscar Isaac. Daddy Oscar Isaac. Uh, are we rating? That. Are we? Are we? Uh, are we rating? Um, this? sure, sure. I guess. I guess that's fine. Uh, what what kind of rating would you get? What are you thinking? Uh, well, obviously, like this is this is the if the series has ended. If you haven't watched yet, I will recommend that you go do so. Um, especially because you literally have to have no previous Marvel experience to enjoy this. None whatsoever. If you want just a good starting point to jump into Disney Marvel content, that's the show. Um, this is probably my favorite piece of Marvel Disney Plus content, like at the forefront at the moment. And I'm sure. going to give this bad boy a solid nine, a solid nine. Solid I really, nine. really Oh, wow. It. A solid nine. Really, wow. really loved this show. OK, OK. Now you rated a nine. 
Um, do you like because I feel like you also you rate you rated Multiverse of Madness in eight, if I remember correctly. Do you eight five eight five eight five eight five? Do you feel like this is better than Multiverse of Madness? I do. You do. I do. All feel right. Like this That's is what I like to. That's what I like to hear. My cry. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. I um. I feel. I feel like a part of me wants to say it's better than multiverse as well. Um. I. I kind of like. I kind of like them equally. I think. I think I would say that this is an eight five as well for me. Um. I think. I think that it. I does. can respect that. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it. It has. It has some flaws. It has some flaws. I'm not gonna sit here and act like Moon Knight was absolute fucking perfection because it wasn't. It, it had a couple of things that it honestly probably could have done a little bit better. But they do so many good things in it that make up for any of the flaws that it has that it's almost like completely redeemable, right? And it's like almost, yeah, almost forgivable. Uh, the the couple of things that it does do is is like. There, there's some, there's some character decisions that I wish they would have focused a little bit more on. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more to Midnight Man. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more to, uh, uh, to somebody to Conchu, for example. Um, there's, there's, there's some stuff that I wish they would have had dived into a little bit more. Um, whereas, like, I wanted Episode Five, but for more characters. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to yes, dive more agreed. into. I want a little bit more, and so that's kind of my only reason, like my only gripe that I have with it. And you know, kind of this is the only thing taking away points for me. But uh, yeah, I think this is an A five uh, for for me as well. But with the way we do things, we average up and round up. With that said, so Moon Knight is officially a GK nine out of ten. My guys, watch this damn show. Yeah. Watch this. It damn really show. is. It's a great show, guys. It's like. It's just... If even if you know nothing about Marvel, like you can still really enjoy that. You can enjoy this based off of Oscar Isaac's performance alone. Hundred <laughs> like, percent, you fucking a hundred percent, hundred percent. But Garrick, boy, what's, our, what's our schedule howdy. for this week, my friend? Absolutely, our schedule this week. Uh, so Wednesday tomorrow at seven p.m. West Coast Best Coast time, we have Vermilion Voyages. Uh, that's that's the show featuring yours truly, oh, yo, uh, and yes, we are going yes. to be playing. Uh, one salt and sacrifice. Uh, this is the sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, a indie two D side scrolling Metroidvania Souls like uh, spiritual uh, successor sort of game. And uh, I loved the first one. Like it's it's actually like one of my top favorite Souls games. So I'm really looking to, to dig into uh, the the sequel. I actually hear this one's a lot harder. So y'all are gonna watch me get spanked probably tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. But, it's gonna be fun to watch. But that's okay because on Thursday we have the shipwreck show live recording for our patrons. Yes. That will also be at seven PM West Coast Best Coast time. Uh if you wanna be a part of that, uh go on and subscribe over to our Patreon. Uh, mm -hmm. You can watch mm -hmm. the show while we were live record there. Chat with us. Uh, maybe throw in some questions. We do listener questions on the shipwreck show. And then this Friday, this Friday is going to be fun. Friday, mm. we have splash damage and we are playing one evil dead, the game. And uh, I think as of right now, uh, we, we, if you if you guys are planning on picking up the Evil Dead game, uh, it is an asymmetrical. We're always we, if, we, if we if we can get the the, the five, we'd love to have somebody in there. Yes. Uh, but right now, it's going to be uh, two spots available. Two spots yeah, available. we got two yep. spots available. Two spots available. Evil Dead the game. It'll be uh, myself, uh, one Ernell Pearson, aka Ocean Shrine, and the man of mystery, Chase of Beard. Yes, and let's then. Go. 
Saturday, damn, this is a lit week. Uh, Saturday, we have another dope episode for you guys where we have another episode of the GK podcast at 12 p.m. and that uh, West Coast, Best Coast time. And that is actually going to be featuring one special guest, uh, Mike Bolhyman at the uh, Fanpite. Wow, yep. dude, lots yep. of lots Gold of good content Michael this week. Lots of Let's fucking go, dude. It's gonna be lots of fun this week. Uh, I'm excited for it. It's it's gonna be exciting. I'm already exhausted. I'm already tired. Let's get you're like, content yeah. creation. You're like just baby. reading the schedule. Uh, we're gonna be real sleepy on Saturday. Goddamn. Um, but we got lots of good stuff lined up for you guys. But uh, let us know what you guys thought of Moon Knight. Uh, did your did our review make it so something you guys are gonna watch? Uh, have you watched it already? Did you think it sucked for whatever reason? We think we're out of our mind. Let us know uh, in the comments <laughs> below. Uh, if, and fight with us. Uh, don't actually do that. But let us know what you thought. Um, because well, this has been the Good Kraken Podcast, your choice for all the nerdy video game and pop media news, reviews, and discussions that you want every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturday at 12 p.m. right here at Twitch TV forward slash Good Kraken Show. If you enjoyed the show, you can head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Good Kraken Show, where you can submit questions and topics to the show, get exclusive post-show content, and have early access to episodes before they go live on podcasts and video services across the seven she's Yark. if you enjoy the show you can have uh i already read that part hey, you can also support <laughs> i already read that part i already read that part You're you can also support us by going to our youtube channel clicking that beautiful bell and big red button or by subscribing to our podcast channel by searching good cracking with the exclamation point and leaving a review there. But until next time, I have been Vermillion Baird. He has been the Ocean Shrine. And uh, rise up, my mood night, my fist of vengeance. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go.